name is Kristen Meyer. I'm Becca DeGrace. And this is our podcast, Saucy Spirits, where we review spirits and spirits. Well, that's not clear. <laughs> not at all, but we <laughs> like to obfuscate everything. Um, today we will be doing two stories and an alcohol pairing to both the stories. Um, one will be a local tale out of New England, and the other will be from Key West, Florida. How very nice and tropical. We can start with your story if you want. I thought we were doing your story first. We're doing my story first? Wanted to start, you wanted to end with the beer. Oh, damn. I can go first. I don't care. <laughs> uh, you go ahead because I need to mix mine. Okay. Well, you're drinking this too. You realize that, right? Yeah, okay. Know. Is it a bad drink? I don't know. I haven't had it. Oh, okay. We'll find out together. That's a great review so far. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to our podcast where we drink something that we might, it just might taste like shit. So, uh, that's the fun of it. <laughs> you spoiled it by drinking some already of your alcohol. I did. I had to test to make sure it wasn't terrible. I See, didn't trust I'm it. adventurous. So we're having a beer called Maduro. It's a brown ale. It's from Cigar City Brewing. Technically my story's in Key West, but... This is from Tampa, Florida. That's a cheat. It's a cheat. It's a nice eight-hour road trip. Road trips are fun. But the alcohol I was looking at getting would have cost me $90. Okay, fair. And I'm poor. We have no... uh, No. We have no commercials. Someone wants to pay for $90 for me to get a bottle of wine that probably wouldn't be very good because it was going to be a key lime wine. Yeah, it would probably be fairly sweet. Right. To the point where it like... So I spent a good several hours scouring shelves looking for Southern Florida beers, and this is what I found. Yeah, Southern Florida is not exactly known for their beer scene either, so... I was looking for fruit wines. Turns out October in New England is not a good time for fruit wines. So... (laughs) Who would have thought that? (laughs) Not me. It's kind of rude. So, yeah, that's what we're going to have. Go ahead, Kristen. Give it a drink. That's not bad. You can definitely taste, like, coffee. A little bit of chocolate in there. Oh, there's one more thing. I know the can says toffee, but I don't quite No, there's that. another thing in there. Oh, there's another thing uh-huh. in there? Uh-huh. So while Kristen's trying to figure that out, it is a Northern English-style brown ale. Ill. Oh, my God. Might make you ill. Um, with some American flavors up in there, because, you know, Cigar City, taking some... Cuban roots, making it American. Um, It's a higher alcohol content than most English brown ales. Um, The beer features flaked oats and malt bill, which imparts a silky body and works to mesh its roasted, toasted, and chocolate components together. I clearly took that right off of the website. That's quite fine. Is there, like, something smoky in here? They don't make this with cigars, You're close. You're close. There is toasted almond flavor. Like, there's a toasted Uh, almond flavoring in there. All right. I was really worried when I saw Cigar City that there would be, like, actual cigar. Like, I don't know how they would do that, but I was a little worried. (laughs) They do kind of take their beer and pair it with cigars. Hmm. Um, So this one would pair well with a mild to medium cigar. Mm. I don't know what that means. Nope. Neither of us smoke nor ever have. So, So, but if you like a good cigar, I could see how this would be good, I guess. Um, Let's see. It's 5.5% ABV. So it's pretty, pretty decent for a brown ale. Those are usually 
pretty low. Pretty low. Brewed yeah. with flaked oats. I said that. Thanks what for listening. What are flaked oats? I think those are like Quaker oats, right? Are they? I don't know. I That's so. what I assumed. Yeah. I would. I don't know if I would buy a six pack of it, but... Well, I did. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know what I would do with the rest? I might turn it into like a chocolate cake, like a chocolate Guinness cake. All right. They're yours. You yeah. can make me that for my belated <laughs> birthday. Well, there's a trip coming up, so... So no cake? Yeah. Yes, cake. That was the point. Oh, I thought you were saying because you're going on a trip, you can't make me cake. And I didn't understand that. No, I'll be with you on the trip. That wouldn't Oh, make I thought you were sense. talking about your Thanksgiving trip. No, I'm not going to bring beer with me to Spain. <laughs> you do you, friend. Yeah. Okay. Any questions so far, Kristen? No, I think we've covered the alcohol. I really want to know what the story is. The story is that of Robert the doll. I hate that asshole. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Do not say that. Do not offend Robert. I, I re- rescind my comment. Apologize. I love Robert. Robert, please don't ever come and haunt me in my dreams or visit me at my house. I would appreciate neither. So most of the information I took was from Atlas Obscura and their website. I did double check a few things, but most of it's from there. Um, it's the story of a doll named Robert who has been reported to cause car accidents, broken bones, job loss, and divorce, to name a few misfortunes. Just a few. Just a few. Um, He's said to cast a curse on you if you are disrespectful to or in front of him. So, way to go, Kristen. Have fun sleeping tonight. Um, You've seen pictures of him, right, Kristen? Yeah. He's he's a looker. He's he's definitely a looker. He's a looker. Yeah. What kind of looker is for you to interpret by my tone of voice? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's a looker, all right. <laughs> um, several movies have been based off of his story. There was a Robert the Doll movie, I think in 2016, that came out. Not a horror movie person, so haven't seen it. Um, Chucky is also said to be based off of him. Hmm. Um, Robert, who is now a nice young 115 years old, currently resides at the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. When he first arrived at the museum, the museum immediately had lines forming to see him, even though they didn't announce that they had acquired him. So that's kind of weird. I found that kind of interesting. That is weird. Yeah, so people just knew, like, the person who ended up giving him to the museum must have been like, out of my house. Mm-hmm. No more, mm-hmm. bye bye. And people just had heard his story, knew a lot about him, said, I want to see this thing. So they ended up creating an exhibit for so him. So somebody who was terrified of this doll was like, Here, please take this museum. And everyone's like, I want to see the nightmare doll. They weren't so much terrified of him as she was just tired of his shenanigans, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, people who laugh at, mock, act, lewd, act lewdly, and don't ask permission to take Robert's picture in the museum often report having bad luck as if they have been cursed. He receives an average of one to three letters per day, most of which are apologies saying, please stop cursing me, because who wants that? That's going to be my first Facebook post. Like, I'm going to have to come back to Facebook just so just I can Just to write, apologize. Dear Robert. I mean, they're mailing letters, so there's nothing wrong with a good old hard copy, Kristen. Dear Robert, please, please stop, stop upsetting my him. I... 
didn't say anything to the contrary. Okay. Your cat distracted me. Ah, uh, yes. Cute. Sure. And also a bit of an asshole. But I Most of the time. <laughs> um, a little bit of history before we get into the fun haunting stuff. There'll be some haunting in here because it kind of all goes together when you're talking about a doll. Um, originally, Robert the doll was owned by a young boy named Robert Eugene Otto. The Ottos were a prominent family residing in the Key West, so most everyone in the area knew who they were. Um, Robert Eugene Otto went by Gene, so when he got Robert, he decided to name him after himself because why not? You're not using that first name. Someone might as well. Um, some, it's kind of debated on how Gene got Robert, some of the local legends state that a maid of the Otto family, who was a young girl of Bohemian descent, imbibed the doll with voodoo magic and gave it to Jean as retaliation for wrongdoing. Nowhere does it say what the wrongdoing was, why she would want to do it. Yeah, that seems like really <laughs> severe for like, you made me stub my toe. Right. I curse you. Or, you know, some, like I feel like if you have enough beef to curse a doll and leave it with the family, like... The family's be, kid. You you would record down what that was. Like, yeah. I don't know, be like right back on the back of the doll. You did X, Y, Z. This right. is a curse for It would be more voodoo associated with it. Yeah. But that's what some local legends say, and that's fine. The more common or historical stories, which I agree with more, state that Jean's grandfather purchased the doll, who will become Robert, while traveling in Germany from the Stief Company. Kristen, I might be saying that wrong. My apologies. S-T-E-I-F-F. Stife? Stife. Sure, we'll go with that. I trust you. Yeah, I'm guessing. Um, The Stife Company first manufactured a teddy bear in honor of Theodore Roosevelt. And the museum curators where Robert currently lives, who traced him back to the Stife Company, Mm. um, actually believe that Robert came from there. And they also believe, based on a historian from the Stife company that told the museum that the doll was actually probably not meant to be a doll and was probably originally a set of fabricated mannequins used in a windows display of clowns and jesters. That's worse. It is worse, right? I thought that made, I thought that was way worse than the actual local legend. So I don't know. I feel that's creepier. No, I agree. That the grandfather a was like, I'm going to buy this mannequin. I'm going to buy this mannequin from a store display that makes clowns. And jesters. And jesters, my apologies. I would never want to leave them out. I don't know which one Robert was. Um, so yeah, he was never likely meant to be a doll. And he is now one of the most famous dolls in the world. Um, Good old German quality. Those dolls last forever. He does. I mean, they do have to make sure that his like straw stuffing isn't deteriorating. That of sort course. of thing. So they take. We him would out never of the, want that to they, happen. They take him out of it, out of his little display, and they let him know what's going on. They're like, "Hey, we're just checking you out." They oh. talk to the doll while they're like. Oh yeah, no. He has a dedicated caretaker, which is really creepy. By the way, have you seen on Hulu? I think it's Hulu mm. that. Um, Ghost Adventures has an artifacts 
what? show that's based on Zach Baggins' museum of the of his haunted artifacts in oh, Las Vegas. Oh my gosh, I must see and this. And the first episode I watched was of Robert the doll. Oh. And his like caretaker came and he sat Robert sat in Zach's lap and I'm pretty sure that Zach was about to pee himself. I'm sure he's haunted now. Um and a woman who like took his picture and stuff actually came back to confront him and apologized to him and she started crying and was real emotional and this is really terrifying. I know. This is a great first story. I know. <laughs> See, you didn't know everything about Mr. Robert the doll. No, nor did I ever want to, but here we are. <laughs> so, Jean named Robert, and they became besties. Robert wears a baby sailor outfit that once belonged to Jean, and he has, and Robert has his own stuffed toy dog, which he carries around with him because your dolls need friends, too. Wouldn't want a psycho killer after that. No. No. No, no, no. No, everybody needs a friend. Um, from the very beginning, mm-hmm. Robert and Jean had an abnormally close bond. Hmm. More so that you, at first you can make sure it's a kid. It's a kid and a doll. Right. Every kid. Let's do like, it. There are some kids who have meltdowns when they're like, you know, their favorite blanket isn't nearby. So understandable. Right. But Jean would refer to the doll in first person with he and him as if Robert was a living entity. Also not the weirdest. Not the weirdest. But what does make it weird is that this bond would continue through Jean's teenage years and into his adult life. Now Including when he got married. Did he have the doll at the wedding? I don't know about the wedding. But more to come on that. Oh. I didn't think to look that up. Mm, I don't that's know if okay. there's anything posted about that. Could you imagine, like, your best, best man, man is like a little doll, like an old clown mannequin from... <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, Robert, if you're listening. <laughs> well, this is your funeral, not mine. I'm going to be writing a strongly worded letter to Steiff. <laughs> Why would you sell this doll? Um, almost immediately after getting Robert, Jean would be overheard by his family in the house servants having conversations with Robert in his bedroom in two completely different voices. So sure, having com- kids have imaginary conversations, but the fact that it was two completely different voices and it was noted multiple places, that they were voices that children could not make. Hmm. So that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know. Um, as Jean entered into adulthood, he ended up marrying Annette Parker, who some places say that she went by Anne. I'm not going to assume, so I'm going to call her Annette. Um, there are many stories reported about Annette's loathing for the doll, which she would ultimately banish to the attic. After marrying, they moved into a larger mansion-style house, which Jean dubbed the artist house. Um, so when Robert was no longer allowed to stay in the main living quarters because of Annette's choosing, like, hey, you're an adult, time for the doll to go. Um, She banished him from the main quarters, so Jean essentially went all out, and on the second or third floor, it's kind of debated, um, on the second or third floor of their house, he essentially recreated quarters for him that resembled his childhood room for Robert to live in. So that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, he would prop Robert in a chair in the window of the attic for him to see the people on the street. So, you know, he had something to do all day. Um, when 
Jean died in 1974. Annette died two years later in 1976. Um, Jean died in the house. It was reported that Robert was by his side when he died. After Jean's death, Robert was banished and locked in the attic by Annette. Local legend states that Annette went insane after locking Robert in the attic, which ultimately led to her death. So there's another death attributed to Robert. Wonderful. He sounds like a <laughs> swell guy. Oh, you know. I really just love this guy. <laughs> um, the artist's house was purchased by Myrtle Reuter a little bit later, some years later. It wasn't disclo- disclosed when. Um, and she discovered Robert in the attic and became his new caretaker. Um, as I said, he always has a caretaker. Um, she ended up donating Robert to the museum in Key West in 1994 after tiring of his antics. Um, he would reportedly move around the house. Um, you would hear giggling from the attic, child stomping, that sort of thing. The artist's house today is a bed and breakfast, so you can even stay in Robert's room would if you, you want. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Why would you ask me that question? Would you do it? No. Why did you even stop to think about it? There's a part of me that would. Would you sleep? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I might go check out the B&B. I don't like bed and breakfasts anyway. No. They're usually, I don't know, they kind of skeeve me out, and I don't know why. I'm it's sure like forced family bonding. They I just, are beautiful places normally, and they're taken care of. They're great of. for the right kind of person. Yes. I'm not that person. No. So, that's just me. Mm. I like to... Also, in B&B's defenses, whenever I think of a bed and breakfast, I think mm. of the Cheshire Cat from Gilmore Girls. Which is just the worst of the worst. So that's kind of the history of Robert. So now we'll kind of get into the, the more fun part of the hauntings and the legends associated with him. Oh, we're him. at the fun part now. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Um, I mean, I'm not the one that was insulting Robert this whole time, so it's fun for me. <laughs> Great. Just saying. Well, I'm sure by the end of this podcast run, I will be uh, haunted, cursed, um, hopefully not possessed. So just another day. Yeah, just another day. Oh, God, I don't want either of us to be possessed. No. Although, can it be me over you? Because I don't want to see you possessed. It's all right. One time I looked up a WikiHow article on how to um, make holy water, so we are all good. Of course you did. (laughs) How do you do that, Kristen? Uh, you have to start with salt first. So one time we, I guess there's like a specific prayer that you have to say over salt. We said it at Hoko. So there is one salt shaker that. Does it work on the vessel or I just the salt? Imagine. I mean, it was probably just the salt. So for a while, a bunch of UNH students had pure salt in them. I mean. It's not the worst thing. They there were a lot of bitties that needed that. <laughs> There's a lot of UNH students that need that. A um, couple times it was me. <laughs> not going to lie. Same. <laughs> um, and so after you purify the salt, then you add it to the water and say another prayer and then it becomes holy water. This is all if I remember a WikiHow article from like... Is this in like every religion? This was... Or is this in certain... Okay. I don't want to say Catholicism because I don't remember. 
I feel like it's not that easy in Catholicism. No, I think you have to be an actual priest. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why I was very. So would it work for me? Maybe you have a. You're more Catholic than I am. But if it's not blessed by a priest, would your holy water work? Hmm. Or would it then just be water? Wouldn't it be the intention behind it is more important than the who? Not with demons. Oh, okay. They don't care about your intentions. God does. God says, it's okay if you say you're sorry and you mean it, you can come up here. <laughs> you don't mean it, bye-bye. As long as you carry around the Monopoly, get out of jail free card, you are good. <laughs> Catholicism. Um, but you get fresh bread, so I don't know. Yeah, that's really true. winning my, there. <laughs> my church made fresh bread and you guys had those terrible cardboard wafers, so... <laughs> but I can just say I'm sorry at the end of all of it. All right, all right. Uh, fair enough. You get confession. We don't. We have to actually suffer through life. La da 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 da. That's very German, don't you think? <laughs> I'm French Canadian. All right. Don't you know? <laughs> um. Okay. So we didn't even get into any of the hauntings, mm-hmm. did we? No. Okay. Bring it on. I'm almost done with this can. So excellent. So I mentioned it a little earlier that. Jean would start blaming and talking to Robert about things from a very early age, which you can, again, be like, oh, kids being kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but this would happen when he was a teenager, and as an adult, he'd be like, Robert did it, not me. Which, as a 30-something-year-old man, less believable. Yeah, generally when a 30-something-year-old man says, the doll did it, you're like... Okay. Sure, honey. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to move this child away from you now. Yeah. Um, Jean's parents, when Jean was young, would be woken up in the middle of the night by Jean's panicked screams, and they'd rush to his room, and they'd find him huddled in the middle of his bed. As an adult or as a child? As a child. Oh, okay. They would find him huddled in the middle of his bed and terrified, and there would be overturned furniture scattered all around him. Hmm. Um, Jean would always blame Robert for messing up the room when mm-hmm. his parents were like, a, how could you do this? Because it's like, can't flip your dresser. You're six. Yeah, and, and also, B, what year was this? Tyrone ish? I don't know. You want me to do dates? I don't do that. 115 years minus six. All right, so the furniture was much heavier then. We don't got any of that Ikea Oh, no, no, stuff. no, it's not Ikea. No, no, no. this is it's, like... It's quite a good... Early weight. 1900s. Unless it's all wicker, but a dresser's not made of wicker. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So, unlikely that the six-year-old did it. Right. Um, and Jean would always blame Robert for doing it and be physically frightened of Robert while he was blaming them. And Robert was usually positioned at the foot of his bed, glaring at him while he was blaming Robert. Did he ever just, like, try to take the doll and just, like, chuck it out the window? I mean, I don't think he ever tried to get rid of it. Mm. But there were times that Robert, he would fight, again, the two voices, he would fight with Robert. And then he would break down crying, and his parents would be like, what's wrong? He was like, Robert is making me do this. I mean, I feel bad for the kid. Like, he's had a pretty traumatic existence this whole time. Yes. Sorry, my cat's head just poked out from between the curtains. I'm sorry. (laughs) Your cat's gonna haunt us. like, Hufflepuff's here. (laughs) We don't have to worry about Robert. We need to worry about your cat. I mean, he is heavy. Um... Anyway, a plumber who had been hired to make repairs at the Otto's home again when Eugene was young, Mm -hmm. um, 
claimed to hear a child's giggle around him in the room. It was where Robert was positioned at that point. Um, he heard a child's giggle in the room, even though Jean was not home. So he was like, that's weird. Mm. All right, whatever. I'm just here Might to do just my be job. I'm a kid stuck in the house. It's fine. I'm just, I'm just doing my job. I'm just plumbing. Um, and when he looked around trying to figure out where this mystery child was, mm. Robert was on the opposite side of the room than when he was when his back was turned. And there was no one else in the house, mm. no real reason for mm. this to happen. This is a no bueno situation. No bueno. Exactly. Um, so I don't think I would have finished that job. I think I would have said, your doll's moving, I'm out. Thanks, no thanks. I think I would turn the doll around once, just being like, oh, I just forgot what side of the room this doll is on. Probably not, because it was probably a really creepy doll. Again, you do need to pull up a picture of him? Yeah, let me pull up a picture of him. I haven't looked at him in a long time. I probably blocked it out of my memory. Robert the doll. It's a good time. I recommend looking up a picture of him if you have not seen him. Kristen, do you want to describe what you're viewing? It kind of looks like somebody took the pattern to make a monkey and then decided last minute to actually turn it into a person. And then that person became a... it just combusted into flames and had its face melted off. And then somebody just was like, this is fine. This is good for a child. Then someone's grandfather came in and went, my grandson would want this. My grandson would love... Oh, did you see the picture of the dog? Because the dog... The dog... <laughs> yes, when I heard about the, do- the stuffed dog, the tongue like is sticking out to the side. <laughs> the dog. It's like Odie gone bad. <laughs> did you ever... Have you ever seen that meme with the taxidermy fox? Yes. That's exactly what it looks yes. like. Yes. <laughs> Don't laugh at Robert's toy, Kristen. I'm sorry. I'm screwed. At this point, I've talked so much You're shit about this You're driving home. Car accidents are one of his biggest issues. All right. Okay. Do- Robert, you look... That... We're just going to do one big Catholic apology at the end of this, okay? Sounds good. I don't know if it'll work for a Lutheran, but... Um, you know, the one thing I can say for Robert, dope outfit. I mean, it was jeans. It was one of Jean's outfits when he was young. More creepy now. Okay, let's continue. I did say that at the beginning. Thank you for listening. Listen, I'm listening to the audio. I'm trying to make sure we sound good. <laughs> Give me all this agita. <laughs> all right, moving on. Um, Jean's wife, Annette, would report that Robert's facial expressions would change if she and Jean were arguing in front of him. He did not like when you would badmouth Jean in front of him. That continued on when Myrtle, who bought the artist house, um, had guests over and they would badmouth Jean in front of Robert and they would say his facial expressions changed and he would essentially glare at them and be real unimpressed. So, so... I'm sorry, my cat is, cat is spazzing out. Trying to run the Indy 500. He's fast. This dog. I can't handle this dog. This fucking dog. It's so, it's so stupid looking. I love it. Okay, I recommend that you don't.
don't go to this museum because Robert's going to definitely curse your ass. Yeah, Robert's definitely going to kill me on site. I will actually just combust into flame if I've tried to visit Grand Theft Hufflepuff. We're going to pause. So school children would avoid the artist's house because they swore that Robert the doll would follow their progress down the street or would randomly disappear from window and reappear in another window further down down the house Mm -hmm. following their progress as they passed the house. So they were like, nah. Even as an adult, if I saw that, I'd be like, nah. I'm not about that. Like, nah, I'm passing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned this before, guests of the artist's house, when Jean, Myrtle, and now at the B&B report hearing child's footsteps and and giggling noises from the attic, which is where Robert was banished to. So, you sure you want to stay there, Kristen? Yeah, sounds like a lovely place to stay. Great time. Myrtle reported that Robert would constantly move around the house and be found in rooms that she did not leave him in, and after tiring of his shenanigans, she donated him to the museum. That was the reason. She's just like, you move around too much. We're good. Listen, listen, I told you to stay in this room. Did you stay there? No. So now you're going to a museum. Congratulations. What did I tell you? You You stupid doll. You go into the museum now. You couldn't listen to my (laughs) one instruction. You're a doll. You should be able to stay in one place. But what did you do? You did not. You did not stay in one place. (laughs) Banished. All right. I have two more fun Robert stories. Oh, please do. Um, this is, these are both from hubpages.com where people left stories of encounters with Robert. The first one is of two honeymooners, Haley and Max, in Key West, who decided to take a haunted tour, which included a stop at the museum. Mm. I'm not opposed to taking a haunted tour on your honeymoon. I did that. It's good time. I love taking a haunted tour. It's when I vi- travel. It's the best way to learn a new city. Best way. All the, like, You learn details. all the bad stuff the yep. city does not want you to know. Yep. Um, the husband and wife, Haley and Max, they joked about how ugly Robert was and that they didn't think he was that scary. On their way out of the museum, the husband, Max, said, Hey, Robert, want to see our honeymoon suite? Yeah. Late that night, Haley was woken up by the sound of a child's laugh in her room. She got up and got a drink of water, thinking, you know, it was a dream. Oh, right. I just went on a ghost, yeah. like, I just went on a ghost tour. It's all in my head. Right. Um, and then she tried, but failed to fall back asleep. Because as she was trying to fall back asleep, she heard the sound of children's footsteps going around their room. She immediately woke Max up. Mm. Good move. Mm. Um, and a short while later, they both heard the sounds of footsteps and a shrill child's laugh. Hmm. Um, they obviously did not sleep much that night. They couldn't prove that Robert had followed them to their honeymoon suite, but there's also not really any other logical explanation to account for what they were hearing and experiencing. You're not a fan of that story. Um, you said this, uh, this old house is now a bed and breakfast, right? Yes. I want to really see their guest book. Yeah. Because you know how, like, you, like... You leave oh, your accounts? We're the Smiths, and we stayed for a wonderful, beautiful two-day weekend. Blah, 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 blah. There's only a two-day weekend. But, anyway. Um, <laughs> it's bad when it's a one-day weekend. A very bad when it's only a one-day weekend. Um, 
issue though. Uh, we did see the child in the corner and we think it would be really nice if we weren't woken up at 3 a.m. every night to the sound of demonic laughter. <laughs> but loved, loved, we'll loved be back. the quilts. They're so pretty. We'll be back. <laughs> well, if you yes. didn't like that story, let me tell you Jim's story. All right, let me take another sip. Jim claims to have met Robert in 1978. Um, like, just like, what do you mean by met? Well, let's find out together. Yeah. It's a good story. This one really freaked me out. Oh, great. Um, so 1978, this would be four years after Jean passed away and two years after Annette had passed away. So the house hadn't been sold yet. Mm. It was kind of just chilling. Mm-hmm. Robert was chilling in the attic, had the house to himself. Cool, cool. Doing what Robert does. Um, Jim attended the first Baptist church in Key West on Eaton Street. I did check. There is a church right next to the house, which is what he claimed. It was right next to the house. Um, So I did double check that on Google Maps, which I was proud of myself for doing. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Um, They had a youth group sleepover at the church one Saturday or one Friday to Saturday. Um, around 5 a.m. on Saturday, Jim and the Minister of Music, which I did not know was a thing. The Minister of Music. <laughs> I always want, I, whenever I wrote it, read it, now that I'm saying it, I want to say the Minister of Magic. Yes. But That's I'm much not. That's interesting, Minister of Music. I don't know. I think the Minister of Music's pretty cool. Yeah, but. I mean, if you're going to have a title. That's true. Why not? If you can't be the Minister of Magic, I'm sure it's a lot less stress. Mm-hmm. Maybe not after this. Um. I also am unclear whether Jim was a child or a chaperone. Mm. Wasn't really clear. Um, but they came back from Mr. Donut to get, you know, donuts for the youth group. Mm-hmm. And they parked the car in the pastor's parking space, which, rude. Yeah. Um, they heard re- leaves rustling behind the church, and they went to investigate what the sound was. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim reports that he and the minister of music... I want to say magic, um, witnessed Robert pull himself up the small wall that separated the two properties. Robert then turned, looked at them, dropped to the other side of the wall, and walked back to his house. How did they know it was Robert the doll if he was been in this Because everyone knew about Robert, because Gene brought him everywhere. Oh. He brought him on outings. Like, they would go to the beach, they'd go on a picnic, and that and Gene... Robert was there. Oh. Robert, Jean would carry Robert around like a child. Mm. Two things you don't want. That one person's terrible macaroni salad that has way too much mayonnaise and Robert the doll. Yep. All in one. So that's the story of Robert the doll. Robert, I did not mean to offend you in any way. If I did, please do not curse me. Feel free to curse Kristen because she laughed at you and your dog a lot. That's true. That's very true. All right. Well, that was an absolutely terrifying story. Thank you. And I don't think I'm ever going to visit that place ever. All right. So on to my portion now. I know I actually have to work instead of just listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making funny something. Um, This is all you. Are you just going to read off of the back of the bottle? I'm going to read part of it. Don't make fun I of did it. research on my alcohol. I did a lot of research on the story, okay? I was in newspaper archives, okay? I read a book. You're a nerd. I'm not disputing that, but give me a little slack here. I forgot we were doing a little intro on the alcohol. 
You were the one who reminded me to be conscious of that. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Fine. All right, so the alcohol we have for the story is Tall Ship Apple Door Rum. Rum with natural flavors added. Uh, it's a alcohol made from a distillery in Dover, New Hampshire. Which is not normally where you would think of rum, but as we both know, that area does have Shanghai. Quite, quite the history of rum running. It is seedy. Super seedy. Uh, Dirty Dover. Dirty Dover. <laughs> hey, only I can say that. You can't say that because you're not from Dover. I'm from New Hampshire. I can do everything. That's true. You were actually born I'm a native from New Hampshire, <laughs> so excuse you. Listen. <laughs> Um, live free or die. So this was the, uh, tall ship distillery was actually the first distillery to come back to Dover since the 1700s. Um, sounds like all their alcohol producing areas were kind of wiped out by the prohibition laws and they had to go through a lengthy process to be able to, uh, open the distillery. Um, they do have a couple of rums. I, I would like to try more. I know you can do tastings there. That's interesting. It is. And I would also like to try that, but I am also a really big pansy when it comes to trying alcohol straight. What kind of rums do they have? They have a white rum. Oh, that's tough. That is tough. Let me go to their products page and we'll find out. Getting fancy. They got a white island rum, Pirate's Cove coconut rum, Cedar Island spice rum, which sounds really good. Um, It has... Lemon extract, orange zest, cinnamon sticks, and cloves. Then Sounds good. The Apple Door rum, is, which is what we're going to be trying. Dumbledore. Apple Door. Dumbledore. <laughs> and a golden barrel-aged rum, which also sounds really good. And they also have some little nifty drink recipes, which <gasps> I didn't see, so we're not doing one of those recipes. Oh. <laughs> but they, they do sound really good. Like uh, the sweet spot, which is white island rum, pomegranate juice, lemon juice, simple syrup, and chart cherry juice, which you're allergic to. Partially, but we're going to ignore that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it sounds really good, and I kind of feel bad that I've never been there considering it's in my town um but we're probably gonna have to change that after this aren't we I think so so all right we taking a little sip of it au natural au natural just a very tiny sip okay (laughs) all right it is Tuesday wait are we shooting are we sipping just sipping okay (laughs) you okay it's actually not bad it's very vanilla-y it's, and brown sugary. It's got um, molasses. Definitely molasses. Definitely taste the molasses. Yep. Cloves in that one? Um, apple, maple, and cinnamon. Cinnamon, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. It says uh, we distill all our products. In the maple I taste in the after. In handmade copper, 250 gallon. Oh, I like copper. Tanks. Hmm. Why are you confused by this? I think it's interesting that it's handmade copper tanks. I wouldn't think you would use copper for alcohol because it's a reactive. That's what they want. 
Do you want a reactive metal? Depends on what you're doing. Oh, fair enough. Um, go to Bully Boy, which yes, I do want to make it clear. It's not that I don't think this tastes really good because it does going down. It's that I am a wuss when it comes to alcohol. It is very good. It is very, it's, it's, you are not a wuss when it comes to alcohol. You're a wuss when it's just straight liquor. Oh, that's what I mean. You're German. You can drink all day, every day. That's true. Like I'm not going to voluntarily take a shot of vodka because it tastes like, just don't do shots. Just don't do it. Tequila's fine. No. Tequila's fine. Kristen. Tequila's fine. Look at me. Yes. I'm looking at you and I'm telling you tequila is fine. You told me I couldn't do any more shots. You can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> do as I say and not as I do, okay? Um, so I have a mixture of um, some locally made apple cider with a squeeze of orange. Where's the apple cider from? Um... Carver, Massachusetts? Oh, Carver! My uncle's from there. A fake uncle, but an uncle. Oh, all right. Let me have your... It's by Plymouth. It's spitting distance. Yeah, it's spitting distance from Plymouth. It's either Carver or Harvard. Well, it's Carver. Yep. Or Harvard. Listen, I'm dropping... You can't combine them. I'm dropping... As a uh, adopted Bostonian now... I will never be a masshole. I, I didn't say you had to be. I was going to say I, I now am in my right to start dropping letters here and there. I am. You have to start calling it Hamburg. That will never happen. That will be over my dying. I will never call. It's, first of all, it's, it's ground beef. Okay. It is ground beef. <laughs> That's what not, Robert's going to curse you with. He's going to curse you saying hamburger. I gotta buy a pound of hamburger. I want you to know from the deep bottom of my heart that if I voluntarily start calling something hamburg or hamburger, I have been possessed. What about a hamburger? If it's a hamburger, (laughs) that is a different thing. Ground beef is not hamburg. It is for multiple things. It's not only for hamburgers. It's for your die, man. Market basket for the win. Market basket. All right, so let me pull up my story. While you're pulling that up, we had some thunderstorms come through tonight, and the lights were flickering. My lights, like, never flicker here. And I was like, not tonight. Robert. Well, I don't think it's Robert, because I didn't insult him. I was very respectful the entire time. All right, well, try a sip and tell me what you think. I just taste apple cider and orange now. Would you like some more? Okay. (laughs) Do you taste it? Yeah. But I drink that cider all the time so I can tell when the taste has been modified. From Carvard? From Carvard. Just a little splash. Listen, Worcester, Worcester. No! (laughs) Carver, Carvard. No! Balerica, Bilbrica. Massachusetts. <laughs> Pemage Wasset. That's always fun. And that is not the story I wanted because that is a novel. <laughs> oh, listen, I gotta work tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Um, Alright, so this is the story of the glowing headstones of South Street Cemetery, which is in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Dun, dun, dun. Our favorite city. Um, I don't know about that. I love Portsmouth. You don't like Portsmouth? I like Portsmouth. I wouldn't say it's my favorite city. Favorite local city? All right. Favorite New England. Fair enough. I like Boston a lot, though, too. 
But Boston has a lot of people. I'm a hermit at heart. I know. Yeah. But Portsmouth has a lot of people for its little size, too. But not as many people as Boston. Still a lot. There's also a lot more dogs in Boston. There's a really good dog park, though, in Portsmouth. Yeah, there's a lot of good dog parks in Boston. But does it overlook the river and the shipyard? Why would I need that? I'm because there for the dogs. It's really nice to look at the water. I'm there for the dogs. Okay, anyway, so this is the glowing headstones <laughs> of South Street Cemetery. So our setting is Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, 1768. President Day. Uh, Portsmouth is a cute little New England town, if you don't know of it. It has a roaring restaurant scene and art scene. Um, quite, It's actually quite amazing how many restaurants are it's good. in there. It's fantastic. I enjoy it. Oh, yeah. A lot of breweries, too. <laughs> a lot of breweries. Uh, also, the history. Fantastic. Shanghai! Portsmouth has a very, very dark history, and it's fantastic. There's tunnels underground. Underground tunnels. There was a island where they had a taxidermy cow that would dispense beer through the udders. Because you know. Because you know. They have one in Storyland, but it doesn't dispense beer. Then it all burnt down and a lot of people died, but, you know, that's how it goes in Portsmouth. A lot of brothels and some really beautiful, expensive buildings nowadays. You Um, can live in a brothel for $1,800 a month. Oh, that's cheap. For a studio. I would even say for Portsmouth, that's cheap. For a studio? Yeah. I feel like you'd get a studio there for $1,800. I'm sure, but not in the buildings I'm talking about, because they're right by the water nowadays. Like eighteen hundred would be enough for a studio. There are, there are like one bedroom apartments in Dover that are eighteen hundred. Shut the front door. I swear in my life. For Dover. For Dover. <laughs> and it and as my mom and I have been complaining, they don't even have parking spaces. Why are you complaining? Are you moving to Dover? No. Why would you build an expensive parking building that has no parking spaces? Parking building. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Why would you build an expensive That's a parking garage that has no parking spot? It doesn't make any sense. Boston. You're going to pay $1,800 a month for a building that doesn't have parking in Dover. Not Boston. Boston makes sense. I was going to say, I live in a place where Boston I pay makes, a lot of money to Boston not have makes a parking sense. spot. Boston makes sense. Dover. I mean, if you're going to spend that money, that's on you. You don't make good choices with money. I'm saying this on my own platform. It's a stupid decision. Anyway. Wow. (laughs) I feel very hard about... I feel very strongly about two things. Hamburg and parking spaces. (laughs) That's the platform on which I live and die. I think there's other things in there, too. There might be, but we're not talking about those right now, are we? Um, So Portsmouth was originally settled as a fishing village, and it eventually becomes a busy uh, colonial port. This is also the site of the provincial government until the American Revolution. There are a lot of uh, really fantastic historic homes there that you can tour today. Um, Strawberry Bank is a living museum that basically maintains all these houses for future generations to enjoy. I've never actually been there. I really suggest it. Um, They have a really cool Halloween party there every year, and they have a candlelight Christmas tour. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about the candlelight Christmas tour. Yeah, so the the really nice thing is um, they have a skating rink there now. Yes, I've done that. They have costume people that will do like a little routine. And you can just go through and you get cider and there's like a tin, um, 
candle holder maker there that you can buy these. A blacksmith? No, no, he's a tinsmith. Oh, okay. Um, they do have a blacksmith there, though. And a cooper, I think. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a little bonfire outside. Um, some of the houses are, like, World War II, so 1945, and there's, like, an actual grocery store that has all the 45 products. It's really cool. That is really cool. Um, and they have, they maintain also some of the other houses throughout this town. They do? Yeah, like the governor's house and, like, all oh, those. Oh, I did know that. Do they do the John Paul Jones? Uh, yeah, I think so. There's a really creepy mannequin up there. I don't know if you've ever been in there. It scared the crap out of me. That was the the founder of the Navy, right? I think so. Yeah. There's also a very lovely lady where there was, like, these carved eagles across the way. And you needed, like, a sticker to get in or, like, a coin or something. Mm-hmm. And she just took a real liking to Matt and I. And she ended up just, like, giving us the coin. She's like, you're technically supposed to pay for it, but you'll really enjoy it. And we did not want to go, but she was so sweet we had to go over. Mm -hmm. Because she, like, watched us cross the street to make sure we got in okay. (laughs) And I was like, she was so nice. Yeah. (laughs) So they maintain all these really amazing historic homes, which really helps with the um, ambiance of the city. Um, Strawberry Bank is really fantastic. And uh, even in the summertime, they'll have, like, you know, how do the colonial gardens work? And, like, they'll show you how, like, how those kind of, like, victory garden style um, kind of plants were all grown. And, like, they'll show you how to preserve these beautiful flowers for wreaths. And it's it's honestly one of the really interesting places on the seacoast. Um, Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, and, you know, now that I've given Strawberry Bank a spot, you know, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should probably get a membership. But anyway, so um, again, setting is 1768. Uh, we have just come off of the French and Indian War, <laughs> <laughs> which we're giggling about because we were literally talking about that earlier. <laughs> which I still don't know anything about. <laughs> uh, there was the French and there were uh, Native mm-hmm. Americans. And which were then called Indians, which was rude. And, yeah, uh, especially because it wasn't actually India, so. No, that's <laughs> rude. Hashtag rude. Hashtag screw Columbus. Um. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, so this is the story of Ruth Blay. Uh, this is one of the first ghost stories. That's a I- tough name, Ruth Blay. It's just tough to say. Sure, if you rhyme it like that. What? I didn't rhyme it. That's how you said it. You didn't rhyme say with Blay? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't on purpose, all right. (laughs) Guess you're a poet and you didn't even know it. Look at me. (laughs) I still hate poetry. So many talents. How can you hate poetry as an English major? I hate poetry. Just tell me what you're saying. And sometimes there's not even a point to it. They're like, "Mm, no, it's just about a tree. I don't care. I really, I really... (laughs) really don't care. You know what poetry I do like? Dr. Seuss. Shel Silverstein. That's good. Those are all children poetry books. Yeah, they're fun. Okay. Wait, you want me to be like... I mean, Edgar Allan Poe is pretty good. There's some poetry in there. Um, I think you're also missing a really big one that you fangirl over. I mean, Shakespeare, but... Sonnets? That's poetry. I don't like the sonnets. What? I don't like the sonnets. Because I don't like poetry. 
Okay. I fangirl over Shakespeare. I do not like the sonnets. I feel like they forced him to write those. Okay. Anyway, back to Ruth Blay. Ruth Blay. Tough to say. <laughs> uh, this is I one just of... made my day. Oh, all right. Enough of you. <laughs> Uh, this is one of the first ghost stories that I learned um, when I moved into the area. And I think because it stayed with me for so long, I really wanted to cover it for our first show. Um, it's kind of just a really sad story at the core. It's not even like super spooky. Way to bring us down. <laughs> That's true, I know. But it it is, it is one that has stayed with me for a really long time. Um and it is also one that I investigated when I was part of the Paranormal Club. Nerd, but I love it. Yeah. Um, Did you get it? Are any of your findings going to be included in this story? No. Bummer. I know. I'm kind of sad about it, too. What? Is it because you didn't get anything? or Not that specifically points to that. Okay. So I'm not going to include it. And also, it's on my other computer, which is in New Hampshire. I mean, are you dedicated to this or not? <laughs> Am I not going to edit all this audio? <laughs> you picked that. I offered to do it and learn it. Or I said I'd take social media and you chose that. That's true. I hate social media. Um, not if you're following us. <laughs> so Ruth Blay was, um, this is really just kind of the story of her execution. She was executed at the age of 31 for concealment of a stillborn Ill illegitimate child. Oh. Uh, which was a capital punishment oh. crime back then. Yeah. No bueno. So uh, I guess it was an old Scottish law that if you concealed the birth of an illegitimate child, whether it died as a stillborn or you killed it, basically, uh, you were hung. Hanged. hanged. Yep. You were hanged uh, for the death of a child. Oh, I don't like that. No, it's pretty awful. Actually, the uh, only three women that were murdered, uh, executed in New Hampshire were all for the concealment of a illegitimate child or the so death. So they were murdered. Yeah. One, one the first one, um, they were executed because they concealed the death of a child of an illegitimate child. So it sounds like the child was alive and then died, which back then, you know, happened all the time. Then you took dead pictures with them. Not back then, 1768. Was photography around then? No. No? Okay. Not until the 1800s. All right. Um, Could still take dead portraits with them. I suppose, but not an illegitimate child. You might love that child regardless. Well, she did bury it by the side of a river in Oyster River, so. Oh! Yeah. Kristen! Uh, and the other woman... Um, you better have a happy ending for this. You can't leave it like this. <laughs> oh, it's gonna get darker. <laughs> so... If anybody's drinking along with this, I suggest you take another sip because it's going to get darker. Kristen. Colonial men. Wonderful people. Um, and the other woman, uh, it kind of sounds like she just didn't want the child and kind of killed it. Oh, so God. she actually kind of deserved it. Yeah. Uh, the other woman, I think, was just kind of a Byproduct. victim of her circumstances. Uh. But this woman was actually, it was a stillborn, which is just that much more tragic. Um, she was the last, Ruth Blay was also the last woman to be executed in New Hampshire. Um, and, 
it, it, it's interesting that concealing an illegitimate child's death was so much was it was a capital crime to me because uh, bastardy and all of that kind of under that umbrella was like it was a fine uh, it was actually a hefty fine. Um, I think it might have been some imprisonment, which, as we know, prisons back then were god-awful places that you would never want to be. Nope. Um, and I guess the social shame of it all, you know, you're having a child out of wedlock. Doesn't matter that it takes two to tango. <laughs> but it was usually the woman that took the punishment. Wait, wait, wait. You don't get pregnant by doing the tango, Kristen. You know that, right? Sure. <laughs> Don't you go and sully the name of ballroom dancing. <laughs> um, so Blay had been a school teacher um, and her classes would have been held at the area home since there was no permanent schoolhouse that existed at that time. Um, so she traveled between towns. Um, she was the youngest daughter of five, according to historical records. Um, some of the less legitimate uh, records, I'll call them, said that there was no proof of her existence before the trial, basically. Um, and one of the articles that I sourced uh, said she was like, her mother had been on a ship and like the ship was destroyed and she gave birth to the Ruth. And then she went mad with like the tragedy that had happened. So Ruth was adopted into this family. It's like a whole, huh. dra- it's a whole drama. Right? Wow. Wow. Um, Portsmouth Herald, 1907 edition. We'll get more into that because that's a lot where the folklore of the story comes from. From newspaper? Yeah, I think so. That's the oldest record I could find of this story. Beyond a slightly older uh, ballad somebody wrote. A ballad? Yeah. Are you going to perform it for us? No, but I'll read you some lines. Poetry. Poetry. I did not win any poetry awards, so I'm not going to recite any poetry. So you should sing it. Yes, I should sing it with my beautiful, melodious voice. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I also saw some accounts that said that she was a, um, a tailor. Uh, it sounds like her mother was actually the tailor, so she had some sewing skills that she probably made some extra money fixing up clothing or making quilts, that kind of thing. Because, you know. Um. Also, she was 31 and not married, so as you know. Spinster! Spinster. Um, she's believed to have taught up until February and March of 1768, which is about the time it sounds like this case came to light. Um, and then she was imprisoned for about five months. Um, and then she would be executed in December. Uh, so one of the... Actual factual account said <laughs> there's a woman uh, who wrote a book about this, uh, which is where I got some of the facts from, um, and I will source it at the end where I actually wrote down what the book was. Um, she kind of laid out like who the family was, like what their social income, all that kind of stuff is. Um, so that's kind of where the more factual stuff comes from. And then the... Uh, Portsmouth Herald, Seacoast articles I found are the more folklore side. Um, Interesting. So I'll do a little bit of both through this and just kind of explain the difference between both because I adore the folklore story uh, and the truth is just a very tragic story. 
All um, right. <laughs> Debbie Downer. Yeah. But. And you better have a funny story to end it with. Is my charm not enough? No. Damn it. So, over the summer, um, it is said that it, people were likely knew about Blaze's pregnancy. Um, clearly, it's hard to conceal when you're about nine months pregnant. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't have any reference, but Food I can say baby. from talking to other people who have been pregnant, uh, it does tend to show a nah. little bit. Um, ah. she probably took out the back of her dress to make it a little bit less obvious. Um, it does sound like she had the winter months to kind of help her along cause she obviously could put on more coats and stuff. Um, so maybe she was able to conceal it a little bit more. So the law at the time stated that concealment of a bastard child, whether or not it survived at birth was a capital crime. So if you just carried a baby and had a miscarriage and you had, you told no one. So that included a midwife. So if you told no one, if you gave birth alone, that was concealment. Really? Yeah. So uh, one of the articles said that if she had if she had told a midwife to prepare for the birthing, she probably would have been able to get off. But she could she she didn't have anyone she could pull up. That's terrible. Which means this poor thirty one year old is giving birth by herself by herself, probably where she was teaching school because I don't know if she had her own house. And it's so sad. It's so sad. Which is actually, pro- it might have been why the child was still Let's born too. Let's go back to Robert and his dog. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, maybe I can edit this so this is the first one and yours is the second. The less tragic of stories, your haunted possessed demon doll is the less sad story. I mean, it's just more terrifying. It's not mm. really sad. I mean, maybe it's sad if you've been cursed. We'll talk next time we record, see how you feel. Uh, so after Ruth gave uh, birth to the stillborn child, she wrapped the child up in a quilt and placed the body under the boards of a barn. And a few days later, some local children found the body and reported it. Um, Kids, they're the worst. <laughs> snitches. I don't snitches think they, get stitches. I don't know if they had that term back then. It was probably like snitches Gets will coined. be... Uh, paid and um, will go to church and be able to sit in the first pew kind of thing. That doesn't have the same ring to it. It doesn't. I think stitch- snitches get stitches is a much more applicable saying. Um, one of the kind of folklore, folklore articles said Wiseman Claggett, which is a great judge's name, Wiseman. Like that was his first name? That was his first name. W-Y-S-E-M-A-N. That's a lot to live up to. Yeah. He prosecuted, he prosecuted Ruth with a great earnestness and declared that in convicting her, he felt that he had discharged a duty to his conscience, his country, and God. All right, Mr. Big Man. Yeah, Mr. Wiseman. You're fine. Get off your pedestal. My goodness. A woman saying such things against a man. <laughs> um, do you want me to help you down your pretty little dress robe <laughs> take off that powdered wig alright so um, this is kind of the like interesting folklore side of the story uh, so one of the accounts said that she had an adopted brother this is the one where her mother went mad after the storm <clears throat> uh, so the brother actually thought that she was innocent for good reason um, and he uh he managed to like write to some of his teachers and get somebody to do an autopsy. And the autopsy showed that the child had never breathed any air, meaning 
that she hadn't killed the child. Like, it had been right. stillborn. Um, at that time, it didn't really make a difference because it was the same outcome. Ooh. Old Scottish laws. Fantastic. Rude. Um, uh, so after that, he, he'll come back into the folklore side of the story. Um, so the book that I had been referencing is Carolyn Marvin, um, and the book is uh, The Hanging of Ruth Blay. And she gave an interview with uh, Foster's, which is a local yep. newspaper up there. And she said uh, she did not kill the child or have any intent to kill the child. She had made preparations for the child's birth. I don't know what that means, though. I mean, she probably had a plan for once the child was born. She probably had, like, baby clothes prepared. But she also didn't have a midwife that she could call up to testify for her. But did she feel like she couldn't call a midwife? That's a good question. That might really be the answer, is that she couldn't call the midwife without incriminating the woman. Right. Yeah, that's probably the more accurate version. Um... So her trial took place over the summer of 1768, and she was sentenced to be hung on November 24th. Hanged. Sorry. I know. I won't do it again. I promise. It's okay. I'm going <laughs> to screw it up again. On November 24th, and she was given several reprieves. Um, these reprieves were probably meant to give her time to prepare to meet her maker. Oh. So it's not actually time to, like... That's worse! Get her... Sit and stew about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she was in prison for, like, five months. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Um, Portsmouth. Lovely city. Beautiful! Go visit it. <laughs> Go visit <laughs> Um, So the folklore says that a, peti- a petition was drawn up, signed by the council and prominent citizens, and presented to the governor. Um, so now we've kind of moved on to the December part of our story. So this is where the more interesting stuff comes. Uh, the governor uh, was said to live in a remote winter home in Wolfboro. So the brother collected the petition signatures and basically made it by foot to this house in Wolfboro through a storm. Good God, that's dedication. To ask the governor to stay her execution. Um as you know, traveling in New Hampshire to Wolfboro in not modern fun. times can not, you know, it, it's not exactly the nicest ride. Nope. Now imagine that in 1768. No, thank you. Yeah. Dedicated brother, whether or not he existed. Um, so he did manage to get the signature for her pardon, according to the folklore. So, uh, Perv Marvin, so this is the factual account. On December 23, she got her final reprieve, which sent her hanging date for December 30th, Mm. which I believe I looked it up and that is a Friday. I don't know why that mattered to me, but I did. I don't know. That's just not how you want to start off your weekend. I think it's a Hanging out? It surprised me because it was so close to Sunday. I don't know why. It was either... No, that doesn't really make any difference. Um... So it says that Blaze spent her last night writing a statement in the presence of three witnesses. So it was probably like her testament of penance, which I read is in the Portsmouth Athenaeum. Really? And I really want to get there because they have some really where cool Where is stuff. it? Do not say Portsmouth. Do you know where the cannon is in the main square? Yeah. The one they sold from the British? Yeah. That's it. Like that building. Oh, right really? Yeah. So they actually have the hatchet from the Star Island murders. 
Shut the front door. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I really want to go there. I don't know how you get in because I think it's closed. They probably have like hours that are like every Tuesday on the full moon. I think it's actually closed (laughs) to members only. How much is it to become a member? I think it was like $100. And it's like by lottery, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong. If you're listening to this and you're part of that organization, please email us because we really want to go there and see all these amazing Or bring us as a guest so we don't have to become members. I mean, if I can go there multiple times, I wouldn't mind. I mean, yeah, but first time for free. That would be nice. We have no money, so. (laughs) (laughs) Hence why I cheated on my alcohol. Um... Uh, so they're actually supposed to have a copy of this testament, from, from what I've read. Um, we must get in. <laughs> uh, the next morning, she was taken from the jail, um, which was on Prison Lane, now Chestnut Street, uh, by a horse-drawn carriage. So that means that her hands were most likely bound, and she was dressed up as a bride for Jesus. I think oh! Was term, which means they would, like dress women who were going to be executed as like they would put them in like satin like pretty much like a bridal gown because they were going to that's messed up it's so messed up that's messed up it's so messed up uh when i read that that's I was not like, okay no <laughs> no it's not it's horrible like you're gonna kill this woman and then you're gonna like dress her up you're gonna cart her through town and then you're gonna build the scaffold while she's waiting there and then you're gonna hang her for Jesus. For Jesus. I don't. I don't remember if that's actually the term, but it was. It, it was very similar. It was similar to that. It, I think it was a bride for that's Jesus. That's wrong. A, I mean, I know it's bride, a long. A bride I, for God or something like that. I know it's a long time ago. So different times. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But it's not that long ago though. But it's not cool. No, super screwed up. Um, they would have also uh, bound her legs right before she was hanged, yes. so her dress wouldn't flare up. Because you have to remain decent. Gotta remain death. decent. We're gonna dress you up in satin, but you gotta look. You can't, you know, flash anybody. God forbid. <laughs> um. So this is where most of the folklore story comes up. So the the actual one of the factual accounts though that I found interesting was that there was such a crowd that amassed. Um, one of the stories said like a couple thousand people, and I don't know if you've been to South Street, but it's not that big. Yeah. It's actually quite small. Yeah. Um, they One account said 10,000, which That's doesn't make sense to me because there was like only 25,000 at the time who lived in New Hampshire. So I'm going to guess it was more like maybe a thousand. It might have seemed. It might have seemed like 10,000, but I'm going to say maybe a thousand-ish, maybe more. Uh, so there were so many people that were trying to see her execution they actually like destroyed the stone walls of a farmer who was next to the oh, cemetery. Oh, I'd be so angry. Which at that time was military grounds. It wasn't actually a cemetery. And he tried to seek um, repayment. Yeah. But the state never gave it to him. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so rude. So New Hampshire. Um, That's what you get for choosing to, you know, live next to a potential hanging site. Yeah, the highest hill in the town, which... That was your choice. That was your choice. That's why New Hampshire now has a view tax. Does it? Yes. Oh. That's yes, crude. you can get taxed on the square footage of your view. So, what? for example, my parents, you've been to my house. You have yeah. like, the front deck that uh-huh. overlooks the, the 
mountain range, which is a glorified hill. Yep. And we have a view tax on that because we can have a view of the hill. We expanded the deck. Mm -hmm. Therefore, our square footage of the view increased. So our view tax increased. I mean, it's the same <laughs> hill. You can see the same you can't amount see of more it because you walked over two feet. You're still seeing the same amount of the mountain hill. <laughs> yeah, it's not a mountain. You don't like live in the white. No, mountains. you could walk up it real easy. Yeah, no, it's definitely not a mountain. It's a mountain if you live in Florida, but it's not a mountain for New England. No, it's a hill. It's a glorified hill. Yeah. So yes, we have a view tax, which is why we don't have sales tax. You're welcome, tourists. God, we should pay them for looking at the mountains. Uh, like, not pay them, make them pay for looking at the mountains. Right? 25 cents tax if you want to stop. And if you and take another two steps, then <laughs> your, view, your square footage increase, so that's 75 cents. Um, so the story goes that uh, she was sitting there and, like, some accounts kind of said that she was, like, very quiet and remorse, but I think the more accurate version is that she was extremely distraught. Um, yeah. Some people said that she was, like, wailing and screaming and yeah. claiming her innocence, which... She was innocent. She absolutely was innocent. She didn't kill anyone. She had a stillborn child. She probably was suffering from postpartum depression. <sighs> which was not in existence then. Didn't exist then. She was in jail for five months in those horrid conditions. Oh, my God. In the winter. Through the, like, the winter into the spring, right? Uh, summer into the fall and the winter. Yeah, but still, like... Yeah, there would have been no heating. They didn't have any insulation. No. Uh, we hope it wasn't a private jail, which were even worse. Yes. It, I'm assuming if it was on jail I'm assuming road, it, it was, was a, probably yeah. the town jail, yeah. but... That doesn't make it much better. No, they're still terrible places. Um, so they, they build the scaffold there. Terrible, too. Like, it didn't even have it ready, so they're just building it, and she's watching it. And a lot of people were expecting there to have a pardon, um, according to the story. Uh, the books set, the factual account says that everyone kind of brought their child for, like... <laughs> don't do this or you'll be murdered kind of situation. Yep. Um, so they, they kind of made it as a family outing, which is... That's how it was a lot. It, it was, was like that a lot. A day out. Still terrible. Um, but the, the story goes that um, people were kind of expecting it to be pardoned because she was innocent, pretty much. Right. In, in every way except the law. Um, which was dumb. Which was dumb. There are a lot of dumb laws, though. There still are today. That's true. That was a very dumb one, but there are still a lot of very dumb laws today. At least we don't have that one anymore. That one doesn't exist as far as I'm aware. Um, so people were kind of getting agitated that the pardon hadn't come yet. Um, the council had, like, the, the judgment council had basically said, uh, you're to hang this woman between the hours of 12 and 2 on this day. Oh, God. Uh, the sheriff... Decided uh, around 12 o'clock, hey, we're going to hang her now. Like, I want to go to dinner, which 12 o'clock is not a dinner time. But that was the quote, basically, was like, I need to get ready for dinner. Well, dinner was like lunch and supper was dinner. That makes more sense then to the story. You had supper at night. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, 12 o'clock, I think, is still early for that. So the sheriff was Sheriff Packer, who is a terrible person in this story. Because uh, everyone's like, oh, like, the pardon will come, like, just wait until the end of the, like, 2 o'clock, and, like, then if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. Like, it's fair. The guy's like, 12 o'clock, let's go. I'm on time. We gotta hang this woman. Oh my god. I don't want to be late for my dinner. Like, she's guilty. We're just gonna hang her. Um, keep in mind, her brother was in Wolfboro, who got the pardon from the governor. Oh! Mm. So, as the gallows are constructed and everyone kind of finds out that we're gonna hang her, like, pretty much as the clock strikes 12, people are getting agitated. They're like, yelling at the sheriff kind of thing. They're like, oh my goodness. Really kind of pissed off at this situation. Um, 12 o'clock comes. Sheriff decides, nope, we're good. Even though people are begging him, he has Ruth stand in the cart, put the noose around her neck, and he drives off the cart and drives, doesn't even stop to wait to see. He just keeps on driving and goes home. What? No. That's the story. Uh, so, uh, as you know, uh, the height of a cart to be hanged does not snap your neck. Nope. So you die of strangulation. Yep. Which can take a very long time. Yep. And it's it a terrible Very watch. gruesome death. Yep. I think I've heard that it can take up to 45 minutes. Yeah. Depending on your body weight and, the, yep. Yeah. And especially for a woman who's not that heavy. Gonna take a while. Yeah. Horrible. Ugh. So according to folklore, the messenger arrived right after she was hanged and died. No! Course folklore. Uh, according to the legend, outraged, a mob marched to the sheriff's house. There they hung an effigy of Packer and placed beneath it a sign that said, Am I to lose my dinner, this woman for to hang? Come draw away the cart, my boys. Don't stop to say amen. Ooh. That is rough. Yeah. Uh, then the crowd carried the effigy through the streets to be sure that every citizen knew of Packer's cruelty. And finally, according to some legends, uh, the effigy was burned in front of his home. So the town was not happy. <laughs> as they should be. <laughs> um, so she was buried in an unmarked grave, um, probably near the pond, um, which is... a. Uh, really beautiful walking trail nowadays um a lot of people will go running i actually read one story where the guy was like i love to take naps in the graveyard because it's so peaceful and i'm like you're a very don't. strange man don't please do not take naps please in the don't graveyard. take naps in the graveyard that's very weird like feel free to take a serene walk through them i mean it's Be beautiful you've got like the water in front of you you've got all this old growth trees you know please do not take a nap why would you take a nap in a Please graveyard? Please do not take a do nap. Do not take a nap in a graveyard. Don't take a nap in public. Please just don't take a nap in public. I, like, you have friends, You have I plenty hope. of time to sleep in a graveyard when you're dead. Sleep at work. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but please don't sleep in public. That's how you get kidnapped. Um, so the, the story goes that, um, at night, sometimes you can see two headstones glowing. In the darkness, uh, one for Ruth and one for her uh, stillborn child. Was she, were there two headstones put there for them? 
time, even though they no. weren't buried there? No, that's what's confusing to me. I don't understand. No, but there are quite a few accounts that say, like, there will be two glowing headstones in the area that she was buried. Is it always the same two? Apparently, yes. So they were just like, nah, these are mine. These are mine. That really sucks for whoever's headstones those are. <laughs> yeah, whose actual headstones they are. You're like, dude, that's mine. Stop making it glow in the dark. I just am trying to take a nap here. Um, a lot of the, like, debunking sites are like, it's the headlights of a car. Which, fair enough, there are two main roads that go right by there. Um, but also, if you've been in that cemetery, it is... Can't say I have. It's very far from the road. It's the probably the, like, deepest in part of the cemetery. So unless you're, the light's coming from the water... Which but, is unlikely. I mean, I'm not going to say it's unlikely, but I don't quite believe... I guess it depends on what angle you're taking the picture from, too. Yes, that's true. Um... So, I feel bad for whoever's headstones those are. Maybe they're supposed to be headstones that, like, appear for themselves? I feel like that would be noted. That would be noted. I feel like that's like, the better story. Like, yo, I was story. walking, and all of a sudden... All of a sudden, this, like, <laughs> gravestone <laughs> just popped out of nowhere. And it was glowing. Listen, the only spooky thing I've seen in that cemetery were two crackheads, so... I mean, that's pretty scary. <laughs> pretty scary. Literally, I was, we were, That like, beats Robert. We were doing um, a, 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 an investigation in the cemetery, and you can just see the like the the light of somebody's lighter just in the distance. You're like, all right, we're gonna stay away from the crackheads. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're getting you. high in a cemetery at night near Halloween. Like, if you want bad time, that's bad time. <laughs> Do they care? No, no. Um. So. Uh, the story became a ballad um, <coughs> called The Ballad of Ruth Blay, which was written in 1859. Um, and the, uh, it was written by Albert Layton. Uh, and he, the second stanza goes, With its dear associations hallowed by the touch of time, you may read this thrilling legend, the sad tale of a wrong and crime. Oh, see, I was feeling good, and now I'm just feeling sad again. Um, you just brought me, like, right back down. <laughs> I was really excited about the headstones that were popping up out of nowhere. And you just, like, made it too real again. Um, I kind of have, like, a little bonus piece. Bonus? Um, yeah, I, I pulled this from... Hollowhill.com. So they kind of do, like, ghost stories and, like... Got that from the name. Paranormal investigation. Shut the front door. I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell by the name, but <laughs> I would not. They have do ghost that. stuff. I would not have guessed that. Um, the house where the sheriff lived and ate his dinners on time was <laughs> at the northeast corner. I love how they keep snubbing him. <laughs> He's an asshole. <laughs> um, was at the northeast corner of State and Court Streets in Portsmouth. His house became the Colonel Brewster's Tavern which George Washington stayed at for four nights. Oh, I know where that is. Mm -hmm. You know, if George 18... Washington peed on it, we know about it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> in 1813, the house burned to the ground and was replaced by the Treadwell Genis House, built in 1818. According to some, that house is haunted. Or the location is haunted. By the um, sheriff? Yeah. Kind of what I'm, I'm assuming they're trying to say. 
I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Sheriff Packer was still in office on June 22nd, 1771 when he died. Um, don't feel bad. Some claim that he was buried in and haunts Portsmouth's North Cemetery. Uh, however, the North Cemetery gravestone of Thomas Packard is one for the sheriff's two sons. So he doesn't have a headstone. I don't feel bad for him. Mm. Um, and the last kind of interesting fact is that South Street Cemetery is actually made of like five different cemeteries that they kind of combined into one. And one of them is the Cotton Burying Ground. Really? Same family. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Isn't it? Cotton just keeps popping up all over New England. Just popping up everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Which doesn't really make that much sense. They are... Well, I can't say the family is bad. They had one bad One person. bad seed doesn't make. That's true. He's a very bad seed, and your cat is very sad. I know. <laughs> we closed him in with Matt, and now he's just real upset about life. Um, so yeah, so that's the very sad, uh, but kind of interesting at the same time story. I want to know more about life. these headstones. Yeah. I mean, kinda... I'm not about to go out and find out for myself if they pop up, if they glow. Um, so like when we did the investigation, they were like, these are the two headstones that will glow at night. They didn't say it like that, but <laughs> I wish that they did. <laughs> I kind of wish they did. Like they spoke in riddles and they're like, you know, like, uh. At night, these two stones will glow. If you will see a ghost, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Not your best, but good on the spot. I, thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> um, so uh, they kind of were like, yeah, these are the two heads. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know? You, yeah. Especially it's not because proven. It's not proven. You don't have a picture of it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. And... Uh, Again, she was buried in an unmarked grave, so why is it two headstones that glow? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. I don't understand that part, but they all say it's Ruth Blaze. But I'm also not going to push it. No. Because I don't know. No. And um, so I, and I, I could be sassy enough that when I die, I'm like, I like that headstone. It's mine now. They're actually really... There are a lot of amazing... Uh, carvings in that yeah graveyard um but most of the most of the stories came from uh seacoast online um <clears throat> foster's daily uh hollow hill allpoetry.com is where the Boo. ballad of <laughs> the ballad of ruth bay came from which is a very sad you story. didn't know i didn't like poetry i kind of was i mean i knew you didn't like you didn't love it no i do not like poetry okay uh, but my favorite article is the uh, the Portsmouth Herald from 1907, which is where the, the brother whole storyline came from. And they're like, we wrote it down from a man who remembered. I'm like, it's 1907. None of you were alive. <laughs> what do you mean this is the true account? Um, and also um, my favorite. Reincarnation. <laughs> they, they're like, it's the truth. Uh, so thank you, newspaperarchive.com. Uh, it was very fun to read a newspaper from 1907. And also that my uh, high school also <laughs> lost. <laughs> it says Dover High badly beaten. So that part did not change. Time come and goes. But uh, my Dover will always, always be bad. Dover will always be bad. <laughs> By Berwick Academy. <laughs> I don't wow. even know what they were playing, though. Basketball. 1907? 
basketball was around in 1907. Is it? I think so. Could be making that up. I make a lot of stuff up. You can hear the wonderful clacking of my keyboard. Oh, 1891. Hi. Ah. Springfield, Massachusetts, so that would make sense then. Um, you always doubt me. I it's do because I you. just make stuff up. I'm like, that sounds good, sure. It's because I used to be a chronic liar, and so I kind of assume everyone <laughs> is lying. Well, I'm just like, that sounds right. Okay. And then people are always like, you're always telling me weird things, so you're telling the truth. And I'm like, I lie quite often. And one day I will lie, and you will not know it is a lie, and I will laugh. <laughs> I mean, as, I accept what you say. Such as the story of the Yorange, the Norwegian. Yeah, I know those are lies. Oh, I know, but I'm, I'm giving a rundown of what they were. The Yorange, a Norwegian uh, genetically modified orange breed that was developed so they could be grown in cold weather. Uh, the history of polka dots, which were created as a uh, talisman against the Black Death. Uh, the Great North and South Dakota War. That one's my favorite. <laughs> because Dakota was one territory after the Civil War, and then immediately after that, it had its, its own civil war. Micro-civil war. <laughs> and, and split into North and South Dakota because the North was for agriculture and the South was for uh, textile and development. And a lot of people believe this. <laughs> See, I believe what you say <laughs> for the most part. That one I'd be like, really? Really? Matt? Matt, yeah. really? Matt, is this true? <laughs> See, the thing is I can't bullshit around your husband yeah. because he actually knows his history. He knows history. <laughs> European history is not so strong on. Oh, okay. But he will Google. Damn it. He will Google. All right. I'll make sure we're in the mountains where there's no cell Um. Well, I won't be there. But. You wouldn't be in the mountains where there's no cell signal? I don't like the woods you can be on the road and there's no cell signal i don't know if you remember why am i driving through the woods maybe you're going to conway why i don't know there's like the nice pumpkin festival you've never gone to that i think it's actually jackson i don't think it's conway i've been to the keen state pumpkin festival which no. is no longer there no they have these like little cute pumpkin figures that like Kristen. Mm. No, I haven't been. <laughs> All right, so listen, if you were like uh, in your, uh, you know, retirement age and you just kind of want to mosey around the beautiful mountains of New Hampshire, I suggest going to the pumpkin festival up there and looking at all the cute little pumpkin statues. That sounds right up there, Allie. Yeah. I also enjoy it <laughs> as a 20-something-year-old. <laughs> um... Yeah, so uh, what you, would you think of the alcohol? I liked it. I liked both of them, actually. I actually am very surprised I, by I'm not beer. upset that we have this entire bottle of rum, which I'm sure will not always be the outcome that we have. No, there will probably be some that I, like, pawn off to other people. I'm like... That's when we call Tyler, our intern, and <laughs> we Tyler, say... You can have you to please drink get rid of this alcohol for us? I know <laughs> it's such a difficult task to do, but could you please make it disappear for us? I would give, uh, we can give beer to producer Cam. That's true. Producer Cam would love some. Yep. As long as, I don't know if he would like our shitty beer, but. <laughs> no. But well, we I don't feel like we would get a really shitty beer. We would get an IPA that neither of us liked that Cam would. That's true. Um, 
You can always bake with beer too. So yeah, I'm not gonna do that. But I feel like the the really spiced rum will be amazing for like the winter cocktails. I liked of. it. It was it wasn't I, too bad to drink straight. I am happy that I got it. I'm something actually good came out of Dover. Good job, Tall Ships. Dumbledore. Good, good job. I'm very proud. Usually nothing good comes from that town, so. I'm going to keep say, like shitting on Dover and people are like going to start sending emails being like, you're the best. And I'm like, I lived there for a while, y'all. Listen, it's, Listen. it's a New Hampshire thing. You can make fun of New Hampshire as much as you want if you're from New Hampshire. As soon as someone else does, if you're from you Massachusetts really or Maine and you shit on New Hampshire. Or Vermont or Connecticut or anywhere else. That's true. But especially not, those two. Do not make fun of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll go down. Protecting our state. You're not even a native. I'm not, but I'm not a native to anything. I know. You can be native to New Hampshire. Thank you. But I can call it Dirty Dova. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> Do you want me to talk about social media? Yeah, let's talk about social media. I actually wrote down all of it. Oh, look at you. Again, at four o'clock at work, because I was like, I did not do this. I did not have time. <laughs> Today kind of got away from me. There yeah. were some crises. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at, at Saucy Spirits the Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Saucy Spirits Pod. Or you can email us at Gmail at Saucy Spirits the Podcast at gmail.com. If you email or Send anything to any of those, you'll be talking to me. Because I am a social media hermit. <laughs> but maybe we can get Kristen back on social media so she can interact a little bit. I'll tell you what. If we get 100 unique followers, I will That's make... a lot. Did I say I like social media? If we get 100 followers, I'll start making accounts. You said 100 unique. Yeah. Unique people, not bots. Okay. I thought they had to be, like, not people we knew. No. Okay. Let's be honest, most of our families are going to follow us. No, not mine. <laughs> Just my brother and my cousin. <laughs> if my mom listens to this, she's going to be like, I don't understand what you're doing. Haven't you outgrown this yet? And my like, mom's no, going to mom. be like, why didn't you give a recipe? I thought you were giving recipes out. <laughs> be like, no. Heidi. You put in like a jigger of rum, you f- top it off with some cider and put a squeeze of orange in it. It's good. that's my recipe for today no no i don't know how much of my family will will listen to that and i'm okay with that my brother will Mm -hmm. my cousin will i think my sister definitely will my parents will i mean my brother's already following us on instagram look at that you know shout out to andy (laughs) it's like we can count our followers on one hand we can (laughs) we have four We haven't even released an episode. That's actually really good. So, so maybe we should make this a gratitude. Thank corner. you to producer Cam, mm-hmm. my friend Rachel, who I studied abroad with, mm-hmm. my cousin Caitlin, and my brother Andy. You guys are all awesome. Did you say thank you to producer Cam? First one I said. Okay, good. I I couldn't remember. I have very short term memory. <laughs> I said producer Cam, and many Instagram posts will probably be hashtag Instacam because that's just fun to say. That's true. Um, definitely going to say thanks to my parents because they've all been like cheerleading this, my sister, um, and my coworkers who have been like, this is awesome. We can't wait to follow. Tell us more. And I'm like, uh, I'm not used to sharing these things. Please, I'm not <laughs> sure I want you to listen yet. Oh God, I can't shit talk work. <laughs> I mean, you can, we're just going to edit it out. 
I mean, as long as I don't say their names, they won't know, right? Or bleep it out. That's true. That's what All Kill and No Philip does. They just bleep it out. Oh, man. All right, so there's a couple and then, people. But then all, the, then all the other friends are like, you're talking about this person. You're like, I can't tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, we'll figure it out. So that's our little gratitude corner. Um, so thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you for po- putting up with our very uh, raw. <laughs> yes. Rawly written uh, stories at the moment. Mine's not going to get any better. Mine, maybe if I... Legit, I took most of my information from Atlas Obscura. I double-checked some stuff. Maybe my delivery will get better. I had three newspaper sources. Well, you know what? I looked up my alcohol before. <laughs> and a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Now I'm impressed. Uh, I guess we should make like a quick little bibliography before we post to like... We can. I mean, mine's one. So well, two, like, I have, I have hubpages.com. I've got like five. So I kind of feel bad for like reading this woman's book and not plugging it or like, I mean, yeah, we should definitely it. plug the ones that yeah. we used a majority of the information for. Yeah. 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 Um, especially if we found the book interesting, we should give her props. Yeah. I mean, I only got, I only read the parts that were free on Google, but, um, I mean, still get an exposure. That's how it works sometimes. That's how it works. Again, if anyone wants to sponsor us. Again, if, if uh, you know, um, certain companies that may uh, start with an A and have a uh, online book program may want to reach out or uh, any of those, you know. Who are you talking about? I don't know. Well, you're talking. I don't know if you would know. <laughs> or like uh, certain maybe uh, betting sites or. Uh, betting sites? Mattresses. Mattresses. I thought you meant like gambling. I was like, no, 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 not no. betting. <laughs> Bedding. Bedding. Like the nice little crispy sheets. Oh, what's the best when you change your sheets? Actually, some of the best sheets I've ever bought were like via a uh, promo code from a podcast. Well, Lord, one of our favorite podcasts. <laughs> yes. Um, I was going to add something to that and I decided not to. Okay. <laughs> Talking shade about our favorite podcasts, all right. I mean, I do immensely <laughs> enjoy it. We have several favorite podcasts. That's true. I say favorite, and I mean multiples. Yes. Because I don't have one favorite, because one time I did that with Best Friend, and I got in a lot of trouble because I had multiple Best Friends, so I never actually say Best Friend anymore. I say Best Friends. It's okay to have more than one Best Friend. Yeah, but when you're in middle school, it's not. Well, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. So it's it scarred me. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, I think we're going to sign off. Yep. Because now we're just rambling. Yep. And Kristen has to edit. I really have to edit all of this. And then I just get to post it. I think Hufflepuff's saying goodbye. Can you? Is that picking up on yours? I don't know, but maybe we should try taking a... Um... He's not going to do it on cue. So this is uh, Kristen signing off. This is Becca signing off. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.